Yeah, New Zealand is hiking fares right across its network, uh, thanks mainly to the staggering rise in the cost of fuel, but there are other cost increases going on as well. Chief Executive of the airline, Greg Foran, is with us this morning. Good morning. Morena. I think we all understand that fuel is a massive part of your costs. How does it actually feed into the price of a ticket? What proportion is down to fuel? Well, it varies depending on the route length, but, you know, if you're into a domestic flight, it can be sort of 10 to 15 percent of the price of a ticket. But if you're on an international flight, it can be anywhere from sort of 25 to 35 percent of the price of a ticket. All right. I I was thinking it might be the other way around, actually, that, you know, long haul, uh, you might get some kind of economy out of that long stretch. No, actually, uh, it's the, it is the other way around. So on these long flights, you know, if you're flying from Auckland to LA, it's pretty pricey filling up a 787. In fact, the, the cost of that, much like you're seeing the car, has effectively doubled for us um, just in the last year as the, you know, the price of oils has sort of gone from sort of $60 a barrel up to 121 So what's that going to mean when I uh, rock up to buy a ticket to LA, for example? Yeah, well, what we're seeing at the moment is to recover that, we're having to move our prices by sort of circa 20%. So, you know, um, that's a a reasonably significant increase for customers. You know, that's as much as $200. But that's a reflection of what we're seeing as we're dealing with these increasing prices. What about on domestic flights? You mentioned that it's not as much, but we'll see hikes there too. Yeah, we're going to have to take a bit of action there. Um, it's you know it's it's less because fuel is a little bit less. But you know the sort of things we're looking at, and instead of the sort of entry level prices being at forty nine, we're going to need to move those to fifty nine. Um, there's still plenty of seats that you can get at some really good prices. Um, you know about a hundred thousand seats on the domestic network will be under a hundred dollars at any given time. So we're doing our best to you know, keep that pricing at the right value equation for customers as they're dealing with cost increases right across the board. And then even internationally, Tim, we're working hard to to get more of the the fleet up and running. And in fact, from July, we'll have an extra 40,000 seats per Mm. week on our international network as as we double down. Yeah, I've got to admit that I have been doing a, a look at a few destinations and it's obvious there's some pent-up demand out there. And uh, I mean, some routes are sold out for a long, decent uh, amount of time out from now. How long is it going to take to get all those aircraft back on stream and get the crews back on, get back to full capacity? Well, to get truly back to full capacity, Tim, is going to take um, until the end of this year, the beginning of next year. And um, that's just, a, I guess, an equation of the time it takes to get planes reanimated when they've been stored for a period of time and then to get everyone reemployed. And that you know, includes people on the ground and in the air and, of course, pilots retrained for the plane that they're flying. So we're busy doing that. But the good news is that from July, which is when we, we see a significant ramp up with school holidays, you know, there's an extra 14 ports that we'll be flying to from the beginning of July. And as I said, an extra 40,000 seats on the international network per week. So, um, you know, we're in pretty good shape from the beginning of July. Has there been any benefit to this period of enforced downsizing of the business? Have you learned new ways to do things during this downtime? 
Yes, we have. We've we've taken the opportunity to simplify some aspects of our business. So our triple seven two hundreds, which were our oldest plane, we we actually won't be bringing those planes back, and that allows us to move towards um, a more simplified uh, wide body fleet. Um, and then there's been plenty of work happening in some of the products that we're putting out there for customers, and also a lot of work behind the scenes on our digital applications. So. We're working hard to simplify the business, make it easier for customers to travel. And, you know, in between that, we're restarting and dealing with Omicron, of course, and dealing with some of the, the border requirements that we have to as as part of the sort of government regulation. So, you know, we're working through all those things um, and endeavouring to provide, you know, a better experience for our customers wherever we can. What's going to happen to the aircraft that you mothballed and, as you just said, you decided not to bring back into the fleet? Much of a market for used commercial jets right now? Um, not significant. These ones were nearing the end of their, end of their life, but we have been able to uh, to find uh, someone who we can sell this to. And uh, there were also a few of those uh, 777-200s where they were nearing the end of their lease, so they go back to the people that we were leasing them off. But, yeah. look, generally... You know, what we're seeing around the world is that airlines are, are, you know, getting back on their feet and building back to the sort of capacity they had pre-2019. But most of them will work through that like we will for the rest of this year. Greg Foran is Chief Executive at Air New Zealand. If you've uh, got a lot of... It's interesting, the, the idea that it does actually take an awful long time to get one of those aircraft back up and running again. You'd think you just wipe the windscreen... Uh, fill the tank up and off she goes. But apparently there's a bit more to it. Wouldn't wouldn't have realised that, would you?